Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of season two of The Journey podcast. My name's Sarah, I'm the founder of The Journey and for those of you who don't know us, we're a platform that's dedicated to bringing the latest science and evidence-based research all to help the journey from conception, fertility, pregnancy and early years as healthy as possible. Now we know that there are a huge number of modern day challenges being thrown at us, so we want to take the latest pioneering thinking and take it in a positive, practical way to help you make your health, your family as healthy as possible. Now on today's episode, we have the wonderful Louise Rowe, who was actually a guest on season one, share with us her experience of a very modern challenge, and that is um, dealing with pregnancy in a COVID world. Now Louise has been really brave sharing a very real and challenging experience. Um, And more than that, she also touches on a subject that is not so well discussed, and that is subject of prenatal anxiety and depression. So without further ado, let's hear from Louise. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. It's a pleasure. So first of all, congratulations on your second pregnancy. Very exciting. Um, So how many weeks are you now? Uh, Where am I? Almost 26. Oh, congrats. So you passed (laughs) the halfway mark. Well done. That did feel like a nice hurdle to overcome. And um, funny enough, the weeks are going quite quickly now, which is nice. I, I feel like this is the best bit um in terms of energy and I because I've got a little girl who's three so I remember from last time that towards the end you start to really lose that energy again so I am I'm actually it's almost like a um a cliche how nesting I'm in full nesting mode and just getting things (laughs) organized spring cleaning and all that stuff well you know what make hay while the sun shines and enjoy the second trimester bloom and glow because uh as you probably remember from the last one it kind of gets a bit less glowy in the third trimester when you're feeling um a little larger and more tired so crack on and get nesting while you still can yeah exactly no i am so um a couple of things i mean covid is very much our new reality and i um have did my entire pregnancy and gave birth in covid um and i like you had a child before and so i kind of you know compared and contrast the two very different experiences and i mean it's it's an emotional roller coaster at the best of times you know trying to conceive getting pregnant and having a baby i mean it's it's just a bit of a mind blowing experience it's funny because um you said on your vlog about how you know i can't remember the name of the person that you were quoting who gave that excellent kind of um analogy that it's funny that we all go through having kids yet at the time you're like what the f is this how does yeah. anybody do it yeah do you know it was the most unlikely person who said that well who was it, it? Was dan, who was it you would never guess but it was actually dan stevens who is cousin matthew from downton abbey but he's got four kids and he had them pretty close i think in age while his career was taking off and it just made me laugh because I thought it's true. I think I think giving birth is the same. It's like, oh, baby born every freaking millisecond around the world. No big deal. Very daily occurrence. But when you're in it, 
it's a huge traumatic big deal and you totally. think well, how can people do this all the time as you know I know completely so, and I think you know it's it's even more so now with our new realities and and when I put up on the um on on our Instagram you know questions to ask you there was definitely a bit of a theme in the questions which were you know how given the fact that you know, pregnancy is an emotional roller coaster anyway, both physically and mentally. You know, how how are you feeling? Are you, you know, it's it can be a lonely time pregnancy. And, you know, at, at this moment, we don't have things like mummy groups. You can't even socialize with your close friends with mummies. You know, it's basic things like you can't go down to John Lewis and, you know, you're saying about you nesting, but it's difficult. You have to order things online. It's it's very, very different. So I guess what people want to know is, you know, how are you feeling? How are you dealing with pregnancy? What are you doing to kind of make your experience, you know, um, as as normal as possible, as as much as it can ever be normal, but as uncovidy as possible, if you see what I mean. I yeah, it's a good question, and for me, the answer is that it's it's varied to the extremes. And you know, you mentioned a vlog that I just filmed, and. I have a lovely large following on social media and a lot of those women are pregnant, trying to get pregnant or have got small children. And I think, you know, my first trimester, I was just really honest about how lonely and low I felt to the point where I was like, okay, these feelings are verging on something a bit scary and dark. Like, uh, you know, I was Googling a lot about depression and um, prenatal depression, which I'd never even heard about. Luckily it was really short lived and it's just unreal. The, the night and day difference of um, hormones and how they screw with you. And I can remember Pandora Sykes once saying, you know, people go, oh, it's just your hormones, just your hormones. They're the most powerful thing in the world and they are very real. So not being able to, like you say, just have a, a coffee with a girlfriend that I know that would have dug me out of where I was. Um, so that was quite hard. Um, but then there are pluses in that I know women who would normally have to an, um, announce their pregnancy much earlier in an office can keep it hidden for as long as they want. Um, I certainly was able to for a lot longer. And it, there's, there's no FOMO. You know, you're really not looking <laughs> at like, oh, that yeah. party and that bar looks really fun. So there is actually an element of like, well, I'm just going to snuggle away and kind of let this baby grow last time around I had such an opposite experience where I was working so much I had to be like okay chill can't do that flight must you know counting hours on the plane and um still working really hard and feel quite busy but it's different it's 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 more from home and well it's all from home um so I it's really mixed I do feel very positive right now but there is an added layer of anxiety doing this through COVID. I'm sure you felt the same and, and not knowing. I mean, I'm lucky in that there is now vaccination. I think when you gave birth, there wasn't, or at least it wasn't being given to people. So yeah, totally. That's changed things. But yeah, it's a funny old time. It is. And, and you said um, you actually made a really interesting point about prenatal depression and um, on your vlog. And I think it's really nice that you were so honest about, you know, how difficult you found your first trimester and how unwell you were, actually, um, because sometimes, you know, it's easy for people to look at people like you and, and your 
you look at your Instagram and that's obviously how we connect with you. And you just look absolutely stunning and beautiful and put together. And it's really nice to see that actually, not nice for you, obviously, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's nice to see that beneath um, the, you know, absolutely beautiful kind of uh, exterior, there's some, a real person with real feelings and real things going on. And you mentioned, you know, the prenatal depression and, and your sickness and Funnily enough, I think something that people don't talk about enough is exactly what you say, the impact of hormones and the impact of hormones, particularly in the first trimester when the body's getting used to it. And especially when you have more extreme sickness like hyperemesis, mm. um, it's, it's very well documented how low it can, make, it can make you feel. And then progesterone is just going through the roof. And progesterone is a known depressant, funnily enough. Mm. Um, and sometimes when people are like, well, you know, it's just your hormones, you're like, well, that, I'm sorry, but that does not negate how horrendously bad and low I feel. And I thought in your blog, you did a really good job of communicating the realities of sometimes how difficult it can be. Um, and we'll put a link, by the way, everyone, so you can watch Louise's vlog. But um, when you were actually in the midst of, of feeling as you were in the first few weeks, is there anything that you found did help? Because obviously, as you say, you couldn't go and have a coffee with your girlfriends. And yes, OK, you can hide away and snuggle down. But you still have, you know, a child. You still have yes. your job. How did how do you think you did get through that? Um I, I, the trouble with my nausea was that it was un, it was relentless. So it was literally all through the night, all through the day. There was never a time in the afternoon where, oh, I know at three o'clock it gets better. Um, and so, I, I mean, from a practical side, eating very small meals quite regularly, so maybe five a day, um, eating whatever you suddenly want, which for me was very last minute. And I'd be like, okay, cheese on toast. <laughs> or it was very like, <laughs> now, you know, please, please, yeah. <laughs> no fruit or veg and um I think uh, watching being very mindful of what we watched and actually I that goes for anyone going through lockdown and it's it, it happy stuff funny stuff um anything too dark and and gritty was just put me in a really like oh anxious place mm. um and and that was as much of distractions I got I suppose was was the sort of evening movie and I think it's funny, the balance, it's so personal how much you talk to friends because I definitely confided in a few um, close girlfriends, you being one of those, and um, but not to everyone. I think if you start sharing so much, it can almost make the whole thing more real and worse um, because not everyone is equipped to, to really understand and give you good advice. So for me, it was about choosing really carefully who I chose to talk to about it. And also then, and this is just a personal thing, I would talk about it, but then I would move on because I think you can also not wallow, that's the wrong word, but you can get, you can get yourself into an even bigger tiz by going into so much detail. I, I wanted to talk about other stuff in the end. Um, but it was, I, I also just had faith it would pass. Um, thank God it did because it did with my, daughter but I know for some women it goes on and on um actually last pregnancy I got it back in the third trimester so I'm just oh, crossing no. my fingers <laughs> oh, God. it wasn't as severe but um it did rear its ugly head again I'm like go away I've done you 
Oh God, yeah. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Although I suppose the difference will be if it comes back in the third trimester. Hopefully, we'll be getting into kind of spring type weather, so it won't be quite as bleak. Because obviously, you've yes. had this as well when we've been in the midst of winter in the midst of lockdown. It's quite a um, special combination yes. to have that. No, it, exactly. That made it a lot worse because you couldn't really um, go on a walk or anything. Yeah, exactly. And and how. As well, because actually I'm interested in this as well, because I uh, also went through um, my first trimester, not luckily without the serious nausea, but just the extreme fatigue. And I went through it during the very first lockdown. So when we were like, what the hell is COVID? And I was super anxious because I didn't even want to leave the house because obviously nobody knew anything about this disease. Um, But I... I had a toddler like you do. And actually a couple of the people who, who asked the question, it's just how, how did you manage by, you know, when you were really feeling unwell, having a toddler and also, you know, having a job and having a pretty full, full on job that's, you know, your, your life is kind of your job in a way. Yeah. How did you manage that balance? <laughs> I actually, I don't have an answer. I don't think I really did. I, I, my husband was amazing and, the fatigue, like you said, that was the most intense thing of all. Um, and I would just nap for a long time every afternoon and, and there was no choice in the matter. And thank God I was able to. I feel very grateful for that. And um, we, I'm trying to remember, I think we had some childcare for that lockdown. That was the second lockdown. And now this third one, we don't have any. Um, but we perhaps, yes, we did have some childcare. So that was helpful. But it was just day by day, getting through day by day and um, trying to take less pressure off. I, I did find with my work, you're right, it is very much my life. And hiding that was quite difficult because I didn't want, I didn't want to share anything before I was at least 12 weeks. And I waited longer than that in the end. Um, so that was, that was quite difficult, actually. There were days when I was like, I just can't put up this content that I can't shoot anything. And, you know, but we did manage to get all the um, projects that are, you know contractual done but I think there was mm. less less output from me for sure um creatively but I think you, creatively. you you said something quite interesting um which is you took the pressure off a little bit and I think that sometimes we have um a tendency to want to be these kind of super people and yeah. even and push through things and try and be the best parent and still work and and still do the best that we can but I think sometimes as you say just accepting that there are limitations and if your child watches a bit more pepper pig than normal or yeah. you know it, you just have to roll with it really and and be a bit go a bit easy on yourself I guess yeah I, I mean exactly and actually when you're in that place you don't even have a choice you know yeah. you're like this isn't a, a decision that I'm able I'm not even making yes. this decision my body's making it for me it's funny how powerful it is because actually I had a really similar situation to you with, with the nap thing. I was lucky because at that time, Matteo was having his lunchtime naps. So as soon as he would go to bed, I would literally be asleep and out like a dead person. Um, <laughs> so I, and it was, you, as you rightly say, it's, it's non-negotiable. It's like, it's a force that's bigger than you, which again comes back to the point about how powerful hormones are and how actually, you know what, we can have any intention we want, but they really rule everything in our body and there's no real point fighting it. So um, I guess... Yeah, I I can liken it to have taken 
three sleeping pills. It you I couldn't <laughs> have driven a car. You know, it's that bad. <laughs> and so for anyone listening who thinks, oh, come on, you really have to have a nap every day. For those weeks, it was like, I can't, you know, I could barely walk up the stairs. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Well, I totally relate. <laughs> but on to um, more happy, yeah. happier tone and happier thoughts. So you're obviously now progressing th- well through your pregnancy. But and so you, you've had your 20 week scan. And actually on your vlog, you talked about how um, the kind of new reality where, your husband Mackenzie is not um, really necessarily allowed into everything and you know how you're approaching the birth you know obviously again it's so uncertain about whether or not partners are allowed in are they not allowed in they allowed in for part of the time Um, you know having a baby is so amazing and it's so exciting but actually you know the prospect of birth no matter if you've been through it before or not I mean I was really anxious before even though I you know technically know what it's like to have, to have it happen but it, it is an anxious time but it's also really exciting and it is something you want to share um but how are you what's it been like um in terms of having your scans and, and how are you preparing for birth I guess in our new reality um well just to your point really you know it's really it makes me quite sad that Mackenzie hasn't been able to be there for any scans hear heartbeats all those moments um that I can live with um, but the uncertainty over how long he'll be able to stay, I'm pretty sure he is allowed in for a bit when I give birth, but it's, I think each hospital's different, so I'm not really sure, but that gives me massive anxiety, just because, like you say, every birth's different. I'm not expecting this to roll the way the last one did, and I just, I do think that that's my one gripe with this. Um, I, I don't think it's right um, that partners have to leave. It's just not okay yeah I I'm with you on that because it's such a because I was also faced with the prospect of of going it alone um and honestly it was it's it was just a you know really not pleasant thought no luckily Dan was allowed in in the end um so that was like hugely helpful and I was so grateful for that yeah. um but it, it is you know I think it, it is something that any person who's, you know, approaching having a child um, in the next few months or even year, how, however long this goes on for, it is a reality that we may not be able to have our partners in. Um, but are you are you doing anything to kind of prepare yourself in case that does happen? Or are you just hoping for the best and trying not to dwell on it and, and just seeing how things go? That is a really good question. Do you know what? That says a lot about me. I haven't even... Um mentally thought about the option of him having to leave <laughs> well maybe that's exactly the right approach <laughs> I just maybe that's the way thought, no he's gonna stay and I'll talk them into it somehow and by May or whenever she comes it will be okay I don't know well that's the good thing but by May hopefully a lot more of the vaccines will have been rolled out and then maybe we'll be in a better place it feels at the moment that things change week by week so there's almost yeah. no point I mean I'm exactly. a mega planner a mega planner type a but even I am now in this kind of new world resigned to the fact that actually you know what we've got no idea what's going to happen in three days time exactly. it seems like there's a different headline every single day yeah um and things change by the moment so I guess actually you know positive manifestations positive thoughts are the only way we can really go um when it comes to this exactly yeah well I'll I'll go with that (laughs) yes let's do that now um another question just coming back to the beginning um any tips that you have on 
fertility and getting pregnant we actually got quite a lot of questions on that you've obviously already got a little girl and you've got another little girl on the way so what are some of the things that you did to prepare your body for example well yes and I will say we you know without going into masses of detail it was actually a a longer journey this time around and a bit more complicated than I had anticipated so I think my first piece of advice would be don't assume anything um don't assume that your body's is sort of in, in complete working order, even if from the outside all the, all the signs are showing that it is. Um, you were my gold. You are the absolute oracle on fertility. And oh, I, I genuinely, guys, anyone listening, like this is not just because Sarah's my friend, you know, you answered so many of my questions um, with complete patience and, <laughs> um, and, and incredible knowledge. And so I think it's worth, not worrying, you know, gosh, have fun and try with it being fun. But if you go past, say, the six month stage when you are over, is it 35, I think, which I am, then, you know, don't waste any more time. Go and get absolutely tests, right. You know, absolutely right. That you recommended um, a couple of dietary changes for me, and uh, one of which, of course, was less red wine so annoying <laughs> sadly <laughs> I know that's like the worst part um and then we had some new um supplements and you know I think stress was a factor and I just think the body is such a fine tuned sensitive thing that on the negative side the smallest thing can you know, stop you from conceiving. But on a positive side, the rate at which your body responds when you start giving it what it needs and really listening to it is unreal. So, um, you know, just invest in the tests and and doing the things that you are recommended. And then um, if you need to then go into more kind of medical type detail, I think it's it's a shame because in a lot of countries it's pretty expensive and and even here there was only a certain amount that I could have on the NHS and I had to do some things privately but I mean it's worth its weight in gold so I think just do your research and read thejourney.com and, and you'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> so you mentioned something quite interesting you said about the power of stress and again coming back to our whole discussion it's kind of it's always one of those massive ironies because the yeah. more someone tells you not to stress, the more you're trying not to stress, you get stressed by doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just so frustrating. It's one of these <laughs> endless cycles. Um, and especially in, in our uncertain world. So what did you do personally to try and reduce your stress levels? It, it's such a sort of um, conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I... I I wasn't that amazing at doing everything. I think I increased my exercise, um, getting outside every day. And these, again, go for anyone, whether you're trying to get pregnant or not. It's like during COVID, I think, getting air every day, even if in the rain. Um, Totally. And, um, I mean, to be honest, I'm not like a meditator. I don't do yoga, but I do online classes at least 20 minutes a day. And those just really help me mentally um and then you know I'm a list maker so I find that if I can if I feel organized and everything's neat and tidy as silly as that sounds it just I feel like okay I'm I'm the same (laughs) (laughs) I'm exactly the same I love I've never met a list I didn't like 
<laughs> seriously <laughs> but it's funny you say about the movement um I think that's really really important and again I I'm like you I always found meditation really really difficult um and I always tried to do it and again it made me more stressed because I'm like I'm doing it wrong I'm bad at meditation this is terrible yeah. um but then I realized that actually meditation is is kind of a very broad term and and it's just being in the moment of whatever you're doing and I personally do it the same way as you I I actually managed to zone out by doing movement and as you said it doesn't even have to be in like a formal exercise type of way it can be going outside and having a walk it can be doing some stretching or anything like that and um, even if it's you know not necessarily the nicest weather it's funny because here in Israel it very rarely um, is anything other than sunny but it was rainy the other day and I felt rubbish and I went outside in the rain and one of my friends here was like you're so British you go outside and walk in the rain but it was a real tonic for my you know sanity and mental health and and I think it's especially important in in our kind of modern reality yes I think also when you're allowed just seeing your mates is the biggest release Um, definitely and good podcasts were very distracting. I even, it's funny because as much as certain types of work are more stressful, I actually began building something which I'm still working on now, which is much more of a creative outlet. So I felt really creative and that it, it, it conversely de-stressed me, even though it was technically work and it is part of a business. I, I enjoy that so much that it was, um, yeah. So don't, you, you know, it's not like one person's stress is, is someone else's, enjoyment I don't think it's totally fits all for it all well it's doing is finding something that you're passionate about I guess and everyone yes. has different passions and being able to tune into that whatever that may be um exactly. so I think that's that's actually really really good advice um and I think the other bit of good advice that you really gave is you know don't wait especially you know because we uh, most of us are getting older when we're having children I mean most of my friends we're, we're kind of the same age we're over 35 and I, a lot of people now are when they're having kids and whether it's your first second your second your first child your second your third whatever you know it's the the conventional wisdom is oh you know as long as it's been under a year you're fine but I actually think that especially if you're a bit older being Mm. proactive as you say and getting to know what's going on in your own body is is really really a, a great thing to do and just asking questions and finding out because as you say the body can be extremely responsive um if you give it what it needs it's just about discovering what it is that it needs precisely yeah yeah exactly um and then just turning changing tact a little bit um you do have a gorgeous three-year-old daughter honor um and I know that there are lots of people out there who are struggling to entertain their kids and struggling to know what to do obviously you know there are no nurseries there are no schools at the moment it's just completely you know unheard of uh, what's going on in our new world but how do you um, keep her entertained during the day? And again, how do you manage to do that whilst you're also working? Because, I mean, I struggle really with Matteo, who's um, roughly the same age and trying to get work done, having a new baby and, and him not really having any nursery or anything like that. So how are you, what are you finding works? And are there any like things that you want to pass on to other parents listening that you think work really well with honor? You know, what, what's working yes. for you guys? Um, we, we, at the moment, I mentioned we don't have any childcare and it's half term. So this has probably been the, the hardest ah. 
<laughs> but we are quite strict with our time blocks. So I will take the morning to work and then we'll switch. Um, and that's that's worked quite well, actually, because then you get a real go crack at. Um, because what, what I was finding the hardest is that you dip in two minutes, you might have a call. And then the minute that call ends, you haven't had the time to digest it or make your notes or follow up. You're straight back into to something else. So actually work became very dilute, uh, fragmented rather. Yeah. Um, and it still does feel like that, but it's better when we have a right. Okay. You do nine till one, give her lunch and I'll take her through till dinner and bath or whatever. Um, I think also, you know, Amazon and, and places like Hobbycraft are still open um, you can go and pick up from those places and just spending a little bit, well, they're not expensive, but little crafts, um, tiara making kits have been great. I mean, it depends on the on the child's age, but she is three. And so we've been doing a lot of, um, you know, the usual, but it's sometimes helpful when there's a box with instructions and you can really get into a project together. And she's got those magnetic things that make houses. I mean, yesterday I had loads of um fabric samples and a couple of cushions and I turned a coffee table upside down and we made an obstacle course and that's you know I'm not like this amazing mum that's constantly coming up with those ideas I was quite proud of myself for that one but she <laughs> loved it and all she was doing was jumping around in a circle land you know then there was a football where she had to throw it into the upturned coffee table none of these things were toys but you know kids at that age it was just exciting and I was kind of doing the commentary as if she was on tv and she just, it was her favorite <laughs> So now we, I know what I'm doing with Matteo this afternoon. Oh Thank you. <laughs> they love an obstacle course. Do a little pretend balance beam, and then they have to jump on the wobbly cushion and throw the ball in the hoop and all that stuff. So it's just that maybe a version of that outside. And then I also think it's playing to your strengths as a parent. So I'm I'm much more the kind of right. We're going to read some really lovely books. We're going to bake, and my husband is like in full costume pretending to be you know a character from the mighty pups and he's just like loud as hell running around the house so I'm like you do that and then I'll give her the calm time this is learn some words this is actually a really good co this is like the co-parenting dream situation here but you're absolutely right it's like everyone has their own strength and their own weakness and, and it's playing to that I think that's genius yes I think don't I I'm sometimes oh I'm not fun enough am I I'm not pretending to be you know Marshall no I'm not I'm but, not um, fun either but I think they like their time with you it can't all be you know a thousand decibels it has to be a mix so totally okay well that is uh, at least I I definitely now know what I'm going to do with my afternoon but I think it's I think it's a really good point as well you know trying to be realistic and also manage your own sanity um and I think it's a really good idea if you can co-parent in the way that you're doing which is you know take it in shifts I think that's a really good point because I know actually if I'm, I find it more stressful to do what you did what you were describing which is dip in dip out read an email answer yeah. this then and actually if you can have a couple of hours of being really focused then you can be present in the moment of whatever you're mm -hmm. doing rather than having your mind backwards and forwards and all over the place so I think that's actually yeah. really really good advice well thank and you Oh, carry on. Sorry, I was going to give one more tip. Yes, please. More um, tips. <laughs> I think because of COVID, um, people are being amazing on YouTube. So, I mean, this is more a girl, well, not necessarily girly, but there are like frozen ballet classes that you can just oh. find online for 20 minutes. And I'm sure there are all sorts of different ones, but things that I don't think existed as much before 
um, now to help you out. There are so many programs. My friends were saying the BBC is amazing. Um, and so depending on their age, but there are those things where you, it's not, so it's not quite putting on a cartoon. They're still, they're doing something, you know? So she got her tiara on and a ribbon and was prancing around doing a ballet class yesterday. So activities like that online are really But you good. know, that's actually a really, really good bit of advice. That's a really good point because um, obviously there's this whole thing which every single parent in the entire universe right now during COVID will be grappling with. It's this whole thing of screen time and we all feel guilty about it. But actually on one of our um, pieces, which I will do a link to, we did a chat with a pediatrician and a uh, psychologist about the impact on a child of screen time and how we actually manage it. Because I'm sorry, but unless you're, well, I don't know anybody that's not giving their child screen time these days. It's just not realistic. So it's about, okay, well, we accept that. So how do we manage it in the right way? And actually their advice is, Having screen time is fine as long as you're participating and you're doing something. So it's not necessarily just spending four hours kind of zombified, just watching something. It is doing an activity and being reactive. And even better if we as parents can kind of get involved and talk about it. And that was exactly their advice. So I think that's that's a really good real life example of it. So I think that's, um, yeah, a brilliant tip. Thank you oh, for that. Good, good <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing your reality um, and for being really honest about some of the challenges which we're facing. And um, we wish you so much luck and we will give you, um, we will do a link to your vlog because I thought it was brilliant and I really enjoyed watching it. And it will probably give um, some people out there comfort that, you know, we're not alone, even though sometimes you can feel quite lonely in these times and other people are going through these very real things. Um, so we'll put a link up to that. And um, we're very excited about your new little girl arriving. So congratulations again. And uh, it was so you. great to, think, to speak to you. You too. This was lovely. Thank you so much, Sarah. All right. Take care. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.